Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Ladies and gentlemen, today we have a very special guest. His name is Robert Overwig. He's renowned for guiding individuals through the process of change. And what is, that's probably all there is these days is change. One of the perpetual things that happens and we all have to get through it. Now we know as individuals, we need to adapt, unlock our potential and get out of our ruts and calm our minds. But how? Robert is here to show us how. Welcome, sir. Yeah, thanks so much, Alan. What a beautiful intro. Well, thank you very much. So you have written the adapt the Adaptability Mindset Program. Tell us a little bit about that program and how it helps yeah. people. Yeah, it's called the Adaptable Mindset Program. And it's not really a book. It's more of an, we have several different things. We've got an online program. Uh, we do workshops with organizations and we do organizational transformation. But the essence, it's about uh, empowering people. It's about giving people the ability to find fresh perspectives, to train their imagination, to train to be okay with ambiguity, with uncertainty, but also to create mental space. And who here in this day and age now has mental space, right? So we yeah, we train all the, the, the capabilities and abilities that you need to be better able to, to flow through life in a sense. Well, that's huge. So, so why do we need adaptability? Why do we need this essential process now? As if I don't know, but let's yeah. talk to our listeners about that. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you, if you ask the question to yourself, you know, do I need adaptability? We all know how it is, how it feels to be stuck in a, in a certain position, right? It can be in work. It can be in a relationship where you just don't have the ability to find a fresh perspective, where you don't have the ability to come up with a new solution. And then you need adaptability. Then you need to be able to, you know, take this different perspective and, and go through the uncertainty and through the ambiguity. And yeah, especially in this day and age where people uh, have difficulty dealing, dealing with ambiguity or difficulty finding uh, or dealing with opposing views, for an example, you know, that's something almost like a law skill and adaptability allows you to yeah, switch opinions, switch perspectives and, and develop and evolve. So how do we develop adaptability? What is it? You know, is this a skill that can be learned? 100%. And I think uh, as kids, we all have it, right? We are, we're all born with it, especially if you're brought up in, in, like, a, in, in like more of a safe environment. Um, but like when we get older, we sort of, yeah, we lose it. We are also distracted by, uh, by social media, our work doesn't really respect us for the full human being that we are. You know, we're being compartmentalized, put into these smaller boxes. So the idea is to get out of that again. So one of the, the main criteria to do is, um, and all, by the way, all of this is in um, a very fun, playful, 
and uh, intrinsically motivated way. So whatever resonates with you, whatever arouses your curiosity out of all of these things that I'm going to mention, just start, uh, just start there. So uh, one important thing is to work on your imagination because most people, you know, everyone has, has a specific frame of mind. And through this frame of mind, we experience the world, which we call reality. But that frame of mind also limits our reality. So it would be good to also try to expand that frame of mind. And we can do that through art, philosophy, through nature, through like whatever, you know, all of the things that have always pushed humanity forward. And we have lost a little bit the connection with that, I think. Um, so yeah, do more of that. And then at the same time, it would be wise to create more mental space. Um, because you need mental space for the big ideas to emerge. Um, nowadays, most people are very stressed out, you know. Uh, but if you are severely stressed, then you can have only 20% brain capacity left. So if you want adaptability, it would be ideal to also push stress out. Uh, so create mental space, push stress out. And by pushing stress out, you can do that also through uh, going into nature, force walks, uh, yoga, strength training, you know, all of these things, exercise. Um, and all of these things that you can do, they influence each other and trickle down into each other as well. And then the, the fourth thing that you can do is to, yeah, in a sense, uh, get like a different operating system of how you speak into the world, because what you speak into the world can often become a reality. So how most people react to change is they react in a negative way that will never happen or yeah, but, you know, that's often how people react. But you could also change those words into how might we or into try it on for size. So in a sense, yeah, you're a little bit brainwashing yourself to speak in a different way to be uh, to be more open-minded. And the last aspect, what is very helpful for adaptability is to, to play more. As we see in children, you know, in during play, they make up their own world, they make up their own environment. And when, as grown-ups, when do we play? But and, and but when you play, you know, you can transcend the current order, you can transcend rules, you can transcend just the rationale, just the cognitive thinking. And that is what we train with the Adaptive Mindset program. So we take out all the stops to yeah, give, give you freedom of thought again. Cool. So, so let's let's suppose a person is starting your program. Where do they start at this? You've given us several different ways a person can do this, but where do yeah. they start at square one? Yeah. Well, square square one can be what you want it to be, what you need. So you can start with working on your imagination, and you can start by learning from art, from philosophy, from nature, and we start exploring what we can learn from that and how we can use that knowledge into our own lives. But it could also be that you're stressed to your gills, right? That you're like, your head is overflowing. Then you need to maybe start by working on reducing that. Or maybe you're afraid to fail. Then you need to maybe start working on that. So it's a very fluid and non-dogmatic approach. And it's very yeah, based on the individual, what the individual needs. And yeah, he or she, she decides also her own development path in a sense. Cool. So how does a person stay ahead in this tech-driven world? I mean, technology is driving ahead at breakneck speed, and it's called breakneck speed for a reason, because that's exactly what's happening in it. I, I mean, every day, 
thousands of different things are transcending that technology barrier. And it keeps moving faster and faster and faster. So how does a person stay ahead with that? Yeah, yeah, you're 100% right. People have difficulty keeping up. But I think what you could improve in, in, in keeping up with technological developments is first look at what you want to do. Oh, uh, look inside, but also look outside into the world, what the world needs, and then connect more to that. And then look at what technology you can use to support you in doing your goals. Because nowadays, how most technology uh, is being put out into, into the world, companies say to other people, you need to work more data-driven. No, but people don't want to work data-driven. You don't want to be driven by data. You know, people want to do their own thing and you want to be empowered by technology. So that's one important thing. And then it's also beneficial to be very open to all the new things which just emerge. So what we say is embrace, play, and then be critical. So just experiment with the new things which are happening, like GPT-3, there's software that can write articles for you no how, how does it work how good is it how bad is it what can it do what can't it do you're you're playing experimenting and then in the last stage be critical but most people start with the critical aspect and then you deny yourself from a lot of possibilities and opportunities yeah that, that's huge i i think if you close the door because of fear or anxiety i i think that is more detrimental and keeping that door partly open. Is that not right, Robert? That's 100% correct, yeah. So it's important, this adaptability model to, to move forward and, and to bring it for people. The world is full of this rapid change. I mean, what have we not seen in the last couple of years but change? I mean, the pandemic has thrust huge changes on us as we've been forced to get things in to adapt to the situation. But a lot of people feel they're out of control. They feel they've lost control completely. I mean, you're seeing it in your country. I'm seeing it in my country. There's anger. There's people that don't like the things that have been thrust on them. So they're reacting in ways that are very human. They're acting with anger. They're acting in ways that they, they literally do not want any more of this. But unfortunately, that can't be. It's not over yet. <laughs> so how do you yeah, think yeah. they can resolve the situation? Yeah, but I, I think what people are feeling might also be true, that they have lost a little bit of the control, that um, different organizations have more, have more influence. And if you look at people and their, their upbringing, you could say that, Almost our entire society is set up to make you less autonomous from your, uh, you know, your education. Education is more about compliance than it's about autonomy or about creativity. Work is also more about you need to do this task and you're like this small cog in this gigantic machine. Um, so if you feel a bit powerless... Yeah, it could be very well be the case. Uh, but I think the most important thing, if you want change, then don't wait for permission. Um, don't wait for the ideal environment or don't wait for other people. You have the ability to make the change either for yourself, start there, you know, create the right environment for you, 
uh, where you have mental space, where you can flourish, where you can be creative and then bring other people on board and then keep expanding that circle because you only need like a few people to make a rapid and drastic change. Yeah, that's huge. That's that's a good. Now, suppose a person is their mind is is fearful or racing or anxious. How does a person create a calm mind so they can make this change that much better? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what a lot of people also lost a little bit of connection with is just with movement. You know, if you go, for an example, into nature, into a forest, it uh, reduces the stress hormone production. You know, it makes you less stressed. It gives you more mental space. We know from yoga that it creates cognitive flexibility and also creates mental space. We know the same from, from meditation. Uh, we know the same from strength training. That uh, if you create a stronger body, you create, also create a stronger mind. It's, it's, that's a science that we now know. Of course, they don't put it in, in those words. They put it into a more uh, scientific way. Um, but your your stronger body also makes it so that you have less anxiety. So there are all of these things that you can do to yeah, create space, strengthen the mind. But what you can also do is, so that should be sort of like part of your, your basic, of your protocol, of your rhythm, of your structure. Put that in, in your calendar in a very structural way. But... We also have like the tug of social media, right? We have uh, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, like all of these things. They constantly try to get your get your attention. So yeah, it would be wise to maybe put push messages off, maybe put your phone on flight mode earlier so that you yeah, create a system also around that where you have more the ability to create more mental space. So for me, it is I start my morning actually in the evening where I put my phone on flight mode. And then in the early morning, the first couple of hours, my phone is still on flight mode. And I just focus on, you know, what I want to do. And by the way, I can't be called like, um, uh, I, it's, it's possible. My phone is always on silent, on silent mode. And that gives me more mental space. And people might think, yeah, that's maybe possible for you. Uh, but yeah, I do work with these large organizations who are demand demanding. So even in that environment, it's possible. As long as you explain to people, you know, if I can work in this way, I can get deep work done. I can get into flow states. I'll just be more efficient. I'll be more creative and all those sort of things. So, you know, there's many people out there that work 44 hour work weeks. They work 48 hour work weeks, even 60 hour work weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things you say is this is, should be something of the past. Can you elaborate on that a bit? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So our 40 hour work weeks, they originate from the era of Henry Ford when most of us were still factory workers. And I think in, in this day and age where, like you said in the beginning, our technology develops at breakneck speed. So the world is constantly changing. So you need to be, you need to have time to create mental space for new ideas to materialize, for new ideas to flourish. Um, and yeah, in a sense, what we see with these large organizations is that people just work, people just have meetings and they, that's why they, they, they can't learn. And they can't keep up 
because they don't have any space, but you need to recharge. You need to expand your mind. And that's why all of these organizations and people keep getting stuck. So I think we've got our entire model of how we work. I think we got it entirely backwards. That, that sounds uh, very realistic. Now, how should people go about reshaping that business world so that it can be more useful for people rather than something that's harmful? Yeah, good question. So what you now see happening with um, quite a few companies is that they lower the amount of days that people work. Some they're now experimenting with four-day work weeks and see that pro uh, productivity, uh, productivity skyrockets and uh, people get more meaning out of work. And I think eventually you'll also see that you will have less people who are sick and, you know, more um, mental well-being. At the same time, now why don't we optimize for connecting with what you find meaningful and your intrinsic motivation? We know from organizational research that when people are connected to what they find meaningful or what inspires them, they are more creative and they are more innovative, but who optimizes for that? So that's one thing you should optimize for with everyone in your workforce. And you should also optimize for flow states so that people can do un uninterrupted work and they can become 500% more effective. That's research by McKinsey 10, that they did for 10 years. So we know all of these things. Uh, and also what I would like to propose, and that's what we do with organizations as well is Keep on expanding the mind and share with each other what inspires you, man. What 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 gets you out of bed? What what were the things that, that that drove you as a kid? Was it drawing? Was it architecture? And put that more into work as well, so the work doesn't become like this hard and this cold thing which it currently is, but that is this inspiring place that you want to be because you're you're there with fellow creators where you're constantly expanding each other's mind. Yeah, I, I would love for such a reinvention of the workplace. And I see that more and more companies are now open for that. And I think they have to, you know, with the, with the great resignation, which is going on, I think there needs to be like a drastic change of creating more meaningful work where people constantly work on opening the mind. Yeah, I think it, it is true that there is a great resignation going on where people are just saying, you know, I don't like the job that I was in. And they're totally reevaluating that now. They're totally reevaluating themselves and they're developing, redeveloping their purpose. So here's a question for you that you may or may not be able to answer. People are looking for a purpose in life. How do you recommend people find their purpose? Yeah, that's a good question. And it's a very profound and deep one as well. And I think there is not one single answer, but the advice that I would like to give is like finding your purpose is a very large and gigantic goal. You can make that goal a little bit smaller by just looking at, you know, what, what are the kind of things that inspire you? What are you naturally drawn to? What are the things that give you energy? What are the things that make you happy? And if you look at that, but then also look at what the world needs somewhere there at that crossroad. That's probably where your purpose lies, what the world wants and what energizes you and what gives you proper energy. Yeah. And that, that's pretty close to the Japanese uh, 
concept of ikigai, yeah. which you probably run across in, in your training and things like that. Ikigai mm -hmm. is what the world needs, what you like doing, what, what uh, you can get paid for, what, what the important things, all of that, where they all transcend and overlapping Venn diagrams show that's your ikigai, that's your purpose yeah. in life. And, yeah. and maybe you can't take it all on right now. But maybe you can start with a part-time icky guy, a part-time purpose, and say, well, this is what I'm going to try right now. And if it pans out, so be it. And if it yeah. turns out not to be that course, well, I'm good with that too. We can always adjust that. Because it is a big concept, as you said, for people to bring the whole thing together and try to make their whole purpose in, in a day, a month, a year. Yeah. 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 And just make small experiments and uh, don't expect the world to change. You know, when you, when you just start for a few days and what I also see people doing um, is that when they fail, they stop, but it could be that you failed with your project because uh, maybe you didn't have the right copy for your proposition. Maybe you didn't have the right product. Maybe if you had a, would have approached it from a slightly different angle, it would have succeeded. Now, often these things that we see in the world as overnight successes are things that people have been working on for eight or 10 years. So you should also take that into account that find something that you just love doing and that it doesn't really matter what comes out of it, but you're just yeah, experimenting, exploring, you get the energy from it. And then indeed, like you said, maybe you, you still have uh, a job somewhere else that pays the bills. Um, that could very well be the case, but that's fine, right? At least you live a more inspiring life. Yeah. At least you tried. You, you tried. And again, failure does not mean failure unless you let it mean failure. To me, failure means you just haven't succeeded yet. You haven't succeeded at the path you want. And, and I've always found that I've learned more from my failures than my successes on any given day, that my failures have taught me far more than my real true successes have. Sure, yeah. And one of the principles that we adhere to is that we say, that we look at failures and we say, thanks to failure X, I learned that Y. So you make like principles from your failures so you won't have to do them again. So they are always learning experiences. And when they are learning experiences, no biggie. No, it doesn't really matter. I learned something from it. I think it's only a failure when you don't learn from it and you keep on repeating the same, uh, you know, the same error. Yeah, just like Groundhog's Day over and over and over mm -hmm. again. Yeah. Where yeah. you keep doing the same thing over and over again and not getting to the goal that you want it to be, mm -hmm. which is yeah. which is not the appropriate thing to do. Uh, I think... You know, if you do something, change. I, I think that as Einstein, I think, said, uh, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting to get yeah. different results. Yeah, yeah. If we speak a little bit more about Einstein, he also was a, a great uh, protagonist of uh, intuition. And he said that often we know from our gut, from our intuition that a certain solution is in a certain field. And then it's about making that leap, making that trust, and then using logic and rationale to try and define if that's actually true. <clears throat> and I think we could do more of that as well. You know, 
connect more with yourself and listen more to yeah what what you deep down are thinking and yeah, step into that yeah and and einstein you know he developed the theories of relativity etc like that and he used extreme mathematical models to prove his theories but mm-hmm. it all yeah. began with intuition yeah yeah and he imagined to be a beam of light can you imagine that that, that you try to yeah imagine that you're a beam of light and that that entire sphere that entire dynamic of thinking in that way that is very valuable and and you see that a lot of nobel prize winners have that ability there's even this um this lady and she uh, imagined what it would be to be uh, a corn like a cup of corn and that allowed her to discover that genes actually uh, jump across different types of corn like all of these crazy things but these people they yeah, keep this openness of mind and they aren't just stuck in these these boxes and just a cognitive mind so the most brilliant most bright people have also yeah the, the largest amount of adaptability and larger amount of openness and yeah fantasy almost yeah i i think that's true Robert, you won't believe it, but our time is almost at an end already. Time has fly with our with our conversation and our discussion. So, how can people get in your world and find out more about you and the programs that you offer? Yeah, Uh, people can go to uh, adaptablemindset.com, where they can find uh, the online program. They can find me on Twitter on twitter.com slash Robert Overweg, O-V-E-R-W-E-G. You can find me on LinkedIn as well, and we can just have a chat. And, um, yeah, these are the, the main platforms. Fantastic, sir. Well, thank you very much for spending the time with us today and helping to enlighten us on some of the most important parts about adaptability and how it is important with people's lives and how they can become more adaptable if they so want to. Thanks, Alan. It was wonderful to be here. Thank you very much. Have a fantastic day, sir. Yeah, you too. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Be sure and pick up a copy of Dr. Leica's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, on Amazon.com. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. Have a fantastic day. Fantastic.